over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Luke Richardson's message has been pretty clear and pretty consistent. Stick with the game plan and good things will happen. It took some time tonight, but the Blackhawks did end up finding some life in the third period. They tied up this game. They had a chance in overtime, yet they do fall short to the mighty New York Rangers. A 4-3 overtime loss, but a hard-fought point earned by the Blackhawks to end their five-game pointless skid. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight here on 720 WGN Radio. And a good kickoff to the weekend. Unfortunately, the Hawks not playing again until Tuesday night against the Vancouver Canucks, but a good showing against a good New York Rangers team. Let's talk about it with our pal Troy Murray. He's on upstairs on the seventh floor. He called the game with John Wideman tonight. And Troy, as disappointing as this one was to Comes so close, but yet so far, falling in overtime to Mika Zibanejad's overtime game-winning goal. Really good to see this team finally get rewarded for at least one point. And it's the typical game-makers, Nick Foligno and Jason Dickinson, getting it done in the third period. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the effort by the Blackhawks never quitting, never giving up, and, and, you know, finding a way to score those two goals. A lot of excitement here at the end of the game. Unfortunately, they weren't able to continue that into the overtime and uh, you know disappointing I know for the Hawks to battle that hard to put themselves in a position to win this game but uh, you know give them credit that they they you know they didn't give up and that determination was there and the commitment was there to stick with it getting shots from the point through to the front of the net with some traffic there an excellent job in that category to score a couple goals with uh, traffic in front of the net, taking the sight lines away from the goaltender and getting the little redirect there by Jason Dickinson to tie it up. So, solid effort and, uh, you know, something that they can build on. Yeah, I think at the very least, and it's unfortunate that we're at this point in the season where you know, you're trying to ride momentum just from earning only one point, but it's how they did it. Because again, Luke Richardson kept preaching, if we played this way, this style, and Nick Foligno was saying it too, you know, we're going to catch some breaks, we're going to find the back of the net eventually, and now tonight you have that proof, and now it's just a matter of continuing it on and, and try to make things even more in your favor as the game goes along. I mean, this was a fun, exciting game at the United Center. New York was well represented, and they're obviously a very good team. This was kind of a back-and-forth match tonight. Yeah, it was good. I mean, Blackhawks got off to a great start, scoring the first goal of the game. Vlasic with the shot. Nick Foligno creating the screen in front of the net. And then uh, New York's a good team. They responded with two quick goals to take the lead. You know, 2-1 to one. heading into the second period. They had an extra one there, so now you're 3-1. to one And you're kind of thinking, ah, you know, here we go again. But, boy, they battled hard, and it shows. And this is something that you can easily reinforce, uh, like you're talking about here. You look at the two goals. And you cut those clips out and you say, look, it, this is what we can do. We can get guys to the front of the net and we can we can make these plays. And even with Felino, the goal that he scored, he's battled in front of the net with one of the defensemen from the, from the Rangers. It was Gustafson who was battling on there. He got position. He was able to get his stick down there and find that loose puck. So getting that traffic to the front of the net when you don't have the gifted natural goal scorers in the lineup it can go a long way to creating offense. So they got to build off that. They got to reinforce that and just keep moving forward as much as they can in that area. 
we kind of saw this last year too, where the Hawks game was just kind of elevated based on who their opponent was. Do you think that was kind of a factor tonight, just getting an extra rise of playing a good team like the Rangers? No, I, I, I mean, I think that when you're playing a good team, you've you got to make sure that you're prepared because you don't want to be embarrassed. And the Rangers have the firepower and, and the ability to be that type of a team. But I think that the, you know, the motivation comes within right now, and it's every game, every team. You got to put your best foot forward and con- continue to work hard and continue to build on the positives that that you're seeing here. And you know, to be able to score three goals against the Rangers in the fashion that they did, just battling hard, never quitting, is is something that goes a long way inside that room. But at the same time, going to be a lot of frustration and disappointment that they weren't able to finish the job off. It's kind of funny to see all the Ranger fans really panicking on Twitter after the Hawks tied things up and. Uh, a lot of people are, are very upset with Igor Shosturkin right now. Obviously, Jonathan Quick having quite a year, too. But uh, you and John were kind of talking about it. You think maybe the Rangers are just missing a, a player or two, but shouldn't force it at all, just kind of keep doing what they're doing? No, I, I think they're they're good. I mean, everybody would like to have, you know, depth in their in their on their roster and I think for the black or for the uh, New York Rangers they they could add a small piece but I don't think they have to go out and make the big splash like they tried last year with Kane and Tarasenko those are major moves that cost you a lot and if it doesn't work out well you, you know you start putting a lot of pressure on your system you don't have the draft picks you, you probably give up some of the prospects in an opportunity to win and then at the same time you know you want to do everything they can to give yourself that best opportunity to win, but sometimes making those big moves and disrupting the chemistry of the team is something that doesn't always work out. And I don't think the Rangers have to be in a position to force their hand to make a big trade. I think there's other teams in the league that have to be in that position, but the Rangers, I think they're situated pretty good, and I think they can pick up a couple players that can help them without costing too much. I know he didn't score a goal tonight. He picked up an assist, but, I mean, Artemi Panarin is on his way to having a career year. Is there been any extra tick in his game that you've noticed? I mean, why, why is he clicking even more this season? No, he's just a good player, and he just continues. He works out hard. He trains hard. He didn't, uh, you know, have the best playoff season last year and changed his look coming into this year, cut his hair off, came in with the shaved head. and He's just more aerodynamic new, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's just a good player, and he's playing with good guys, too, as well. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it all goes hand in hand. They've, they've got a lot of skill up front, and playing with a guy that knows how to get the job done and Vincent Trocek and Alex Lafreniere he's having an, an excellent season he's he's really come a long way since his first year where he struggled and everybody was thinking man maybe this guy is going to be a bust but he's he's come along and and uh, really you know his play has really kind of determined what has happened here in their top six if he's not playing well you got to move him down and then maybe you're looking to add a position up there in the top six from uh, at, before the trade deadline to move forward. But, uh, you know, for Panarin, he's a good hockey player. He knows what to do. <laughs> We've seen it. He's gifted. And he knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. All right, pal. Do you and uh, John have a, a couple Tupperwares full of Chelly's Chili for, for your ride homes? Well, the way that John steals food out of the United Center, I wouldn't be surprised that he hasn't got he hasn't got a bucket back here of, of whatever's left over. He's got one of those plastic flasks that he was just filling up, and he's he's going to be walking out. He's going to be waddling out because they're, they're going to be hiding in his pants. Uh, my man can eat. <laughs> he does. I don't know how he does it. It's it's a modern day miracle how much John Wideman consumes, and then also calls a hockey game with it too. It's it's really something to marvel at. Uh, well, he's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> you are too, pal. It's been uh, it was a fun night. I mean, a good matchup between the Hawks and the Rangers, and uh, we'll do it in a couple of nights. So enjoy your weekend. Yeah, another good opponent coming in, Vancouver. So yeah. Hawks will be ready for that one. All right, pal. Good stuff. We'll talk to you in a couple of nights. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great Super Bowl. Likewise. Who do you got? Who do you got? I know who this guy's got, but who do you got? I think it's... I got a guy. I think he, I think he can't go against Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I, just, I don't think he can. I'm going to yeah. go I'm gonna go with my guy, JW, and go with the Chiefs. Yeah, he's fist bumping up in the air here for no reason. <laughs> Well, he's gonna he's gonna be able to feed his entire Super Bowl party with all the chili he's gonna bring home. So that's why he's happy too. <laughs> Honey, I got the food covered. <laughs> Cancel that order. We're good. All right. Have all a good right, one. Pal. All right. We'll talk to you. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight as the Hawks fall to the New York Rangers four three in overtime here at the United Center three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you'd like to join us, call or text. Again, that's 312-981-7200. Uh, from the 773 area code, great game. The team worked hard. Mrazek, great in goal as usual. Yeah, Mrazek had a, obviously another good game. Um, I think it was significant to point out a goal that he coughed up, and Troy brought it up. It was the second period goal by Johnny Brodzinski that made it 3-1 New York. And and this is the thing. Because Peter Mrazek is having this fantastic year, we can dissect these little mistakes that he made. And it wasn't even really a mistake. It's just just a, a short rebound that he coughed up. I believe it was, uh, well, Capo Caco brought it into the Blackhawks zone. And I forget who, if it was either him or somebody else that touched the puck before Brodzinski was able to shove it forward. And, and I think it was a different Ranger. But anyway, it, it's just one of those chaotic happenstances in front of the crease that because, again, Mrazek's been so good this year, that short little rebound just keeps a little bit of life in the play for the New York Rangers. And this team is going to get it done. And Brodzinski just right there on the door crease, uh, right on the doorstep in the crease, ready to attack and, and sees the little opening and he knocks it in. I mean, that that kind of was a difference in tonight's game. Um, I, I know if you recreate it, you don't pull the goalie. It's a different situation, but... That's that's still what's separating this Blackhawks team from just a win here and a win there. And that's not to say that you know it's pre- Peter Mrazek's fault that this team lost. He he made a, a handful of fantastic saves as he's done all year long. But it's just these little things. I mean, we talk so much about how the offense is just missing that finishing touch, missing that execution. Once again tonight, handful of chances. I mean, how many times do we see Boris Kachuk with a couple short-handed chances? Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, I really liked Entwistle's game today because he was not afraid to shoot the puck. He got it, he shot it right away. And that's honestly a trend that we've seen from this team now over the last five periods, I'll say, because, again, one shot on goal in the first period against Minnesota on Wednesday, but a whole much, a, a whole bunch more drive in their game in the final 40 minutes. That was right from the get-go tonight. They came ready to play. They put up a really solid first period, even though they were down 2-1, and they just kept with it. And, you know, as frustrating as it is for fans to see this team only come away with one goal a lot more than more than one goal. Think how frustrating it is for the players. And then think how frustrating it is for the coaching staff that's continuing to preach this same message. And sometimes it's heard, sometimes it's not. But even the times it is heard, the Hawks aren't rewarded with goals or points. 
and it was great to see that finally come to fruition tonight. It happened in the third period. It took an empty net. But, man, did you see the relief on Nick Foligno and Philip Kurashev's face when Jason Dickinson tied up the game in the third period? Because this team has been working hard. They have been generating chances. They just haven't come away with a lot of goals. And yes, that a part of that is missing some highly skilled players that can kind of take them over the edge in those situations. So the best you can do is just generate as many chances as possible because eventually something will find at the back of the net. And we did kind of see that here tonight. I mentioned Boris Kachuk. I'm going to give him our player with the most heart tonight, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. He was actually Troy Murray's pick to click, and then later on in the game, John Wideman mentioned that he could see Boris Kachuk generating a shorthanded chance. He did that almost immediately after John had said that as uh, he and Taylor Radish were coming down the ice on a two-on-one into the Rangers zone, and it was a really good pass by Radish as well, uh, just kind of holding onto the puck and passing it to Kachuk right at the right time, uh, despite not being able to find the back of the net. Kachuk ended with a plus-one tonight as uh, he had two shots on goal. Shots on goal overall still ended in the Rangers' favor at 35-31. I don't know how quickly I can do my math right now, but Let's see, it looks like uh, the Hawks did outshoot the Rangers from the third period and overtime combined, 20-18. to 18. So again, they're, they're start, they started strong tonight, they finished strong, and everything in between was a solid performance as well. Hopefully that can continue for the rest of this road trip because, as Troy mentioned, it's going to be another tough opponent, and the Vancouver Canucks coming to town on Tuesday. I mean, the schedule doesn't get any easier, and that's clearly the case when you're the bottom team in the standings, but as long as this effort continues, something's got to give, and pretty soon guys are going to start coming back, and that doesn't mean the Hawks are going to go on this crazy winning streak. That's still going to take a lot, but at least the competitiveness can stay consistent I mean, it was a fun environment tonight, and what, there's still nine of the next ten, or uh, eight of the next nine games here at the United Center for the Hawks, so generating this type of hockey and staying consistent with it can make a world of a difference as this season comes to a close, because remember last year, remember how we were talking about a lot of the same things, minus all the Connor Bedard conversation this season, the Hawks did have a really nice ending to their year uh, with a couple of Highlight victories, highlight games, uh, stunning the Boston Bruins and their regular season record here at the UC, eliminating the Pittsburgh Penguins from playoff contention, and then even earning a point in the final game of the year against the Philadelphia Flyers when everyone was thrown out of whack thinking that the Hawks were ruining their lottery chances. But it all ended up working out. And uh, here we are, moving on in year two of a rebuild. We got more to get to, but again, want to take your calls, want to take your texts. 312-981-7200. A real quick from 708 area code. When is the next Blackhawks live show? That's going to be Monday night, 7 o'clock, Monday the 12th, before the game against Vancouver. And a uh, quick little preview for you. We talked to Kenny Albert, radio voice of the New York Rangers. One of the top broadcasters in the field. He's one of the only guys ever to call all four major sports. I think the only guy ever to call all four major sports on a major platform. And uh, just came out with a book, A Mic for All Seasons, which pretty much tells the story. Great conversation with him. He reminisced on a lot of those Blackhawks playoff runs that he called back during the Dynasty year. So really excited to play that interview with Kenny Albert. Again, next Blackhawks live show, Monday, February 12th. 
at 7 o'clock here on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. We'll uh, get to those after this break. We'll also uh, break down a few more numbers. There's a few things I think the Hawks did well tonight that I want to point out in the next segment, and then eventually we'll hear from the Blackhawks dressing room and head coach Luke Richardson. Hawks fall to the Rangers 4-3 to in overtime here at the United Center tonight. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 11 o'clock on 720 WGM. To Felino, left wing to the Ranger line. He'll snap it down the glass in behind the net, rolls up the far side. Kurashev's got it. Right corner to Jones, right point. Long range shot, he scores! The Hawks have tied it at three! And let's see if this is going to be reviewed for the puck being knocked out of the air with a high stick or not. Jason Dickinson tips this one past Shesterkin for his 16th goal on the season to take the Hawks' lead in goals. 3-3 to score with 102 left in the third, and the United Center erupts. It was a good goal, and it was Dickinson's 16th of the season. A career high to tie up the game. The Hawks, unfortunately, did fall in overtime. Mika Zibanejad with the overtime game-winning goal, a 4-3 final in favor of the New York Rangers over the Hawks tonight here at the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text from the 708 area code, I think we as Hawks fans were most spoiled with Taves and his face-off wins. This team struggles immensely on the dot. It hurts. Uh, you're definitely right about being spoiled with Jonathan Taves. Any franchise would be. But honestly, the Hawks did a great job from the face-off circle tonight. They beat the Rangers in that regard 61-39%. to The Rangers came into this game with the fourth-best face-off percentage in the league. And the Hawks did a great job. Let's see, Jason Dickinson above 50%, winning 13 out of his uh, 24 face-offs. Mackenzie Entwistle won 7 of 8 from the dot tonight. And I feel like those numbers were even a little bit larger after the first period. Again, the Hawks got off to a good start tonight. They had a good finish, and everything in between was pretty solid as well. It was great to see against a great opponent like the New York Rangers, and it was great to see this team sticking to the game plan and finally get rewarded for a couple of goals to tie up the game. Unfortunately, they fell short in overtime. Uh, if you got a thought, 312-981-7200. I'm curious if that 708 texter uh, is thinking about a certain like individual face-off that led to a goal, because I'm trying to think. I, I can't remember any certain instance, but um, yeah, feel free to elaborate on that if if you've got more of a thought. A couple other things I thought looked really good for the team tonight. The penalty kill looked almost fantastic. Very, very good. Another stat that the Rangers came in tonight with very good numbers, uh, tied for fourth best in the NHL. However, they, they are in a little bit of a spell now. They're now 0 for their last 14 on the power play with the Hawks successfully killing all three penalty kills tonight. But I I thought they looked composed and structured and they didn't waste any time trying to make a perfect pass. They just cleared the puck when they could. When there was another instance to maybe kill off some more time, uh, they were able to do that too. I thought Ryan Donato, Seth Jones, uh, both did a, a, a great job of, again, had the puck in the Rangers zone, had an opportunity to clear it. They cleared it. Or they had an opportunity to move it up in the neutral zone, bring it into the Rangers zone, and and kill some more time. It was just good decision-making 
from the Hawks' standpoint on the po- on the penalty kill. Uh, it was that middle penalty kill that I think Peter Morazic bailed him out a few times with a couple of uh, great saves, but overall penalty kill I thought looked really good tonight. And I feel like I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but just kind of the flow of the show so far. Obviously, I thought there was a lack of a call in overtime. Jason Dickinson seemed to have been tripped uh, over on the TV broadcast. Darren Pang was talking about how it, it was very similar to Jacob Megna's tripping penalty that put the Rangers on a power play. So it was um, did seem a little bit lopsided for the calls tonight because there was... Another play earlier in the game, and I forget who it was. It may have been Colin Blackwell. Uh, it may have been Dickinson again, but there was a play where I thought the Rangers should have been called for a tripping penalty, uh, and it didn't happen. But either way, I feel like good teams were able to get past those. And uh, it's not an excuse, but it is definitely worth noting, as the Hawks could have had a chance to pull out two points tonight. Uh, from the 608 area code, Joe, will someone tell Felino we don't need another Keith Magnuson? I believe this team is confused. Either the fans are too negative or you guys are too positive. Dexter and Bolingbrook. Um, huh, not, not quite sure what that point's coming from, Dexter. Nick Felino's been fantastic uh, this year, and... Um, Obviously, has been a huge added bonus since coming back from injury. Uh, I do think that the fan base has has been hot and cold with the team this year. I think uh, for the majority, fans understand what this team is going through right now, being in this second year of a rebuild. You're, you're still justified for being frustrated that the team is losing, and oftentimes they're coming away with just one goal. But I, I think it's really hard to argue with the fact that Luke Richardson has this team ready almost each and every night. And the times that they're not getting off to a great start, I don't know if you can hold to blame to the head coach right away. But um, yeah, no. Uh, again, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. If you'd like to call or text, uh, looks like it's our buddy Devin and Payless Hills wants to talk about the trade deadline. Go ahead, Devin. Hey, Joe. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So uh, I was just thinking the NBA trade deadline just passed, and you know the Bulls didn't do anything, which is pretty frustrating. But I can, I can see the Blackhawks, you know, not doing anything this trade deadline just because of the situation we're in right now. We don't really have anything to sell considering we just gave out some uh, some extensions. So I'm just wondering, what do you think the Hawks are going to do moving forward now that the trade deadline is less than a month away? All right. Thank you very much, Devin. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. Um, it's definitely going to be a different trade deadline than last year, right? And, and I think the extensions signed with Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, and Peter Mrazek are probably going to make the Blackhawks pretty quiet on the trade deadline front um, because those were probably the most wanted trade pieces by any other team around the league. I'm taking a look at Cap Friendly right now. I mean, the first guy that pops to mind is Tyler Johnson. He's still owed... Five million for this year, but I think it goes. You know, you only owe half the contract, and the Blackhawks could pay half the contract. So, I could see a team wanting to pick up Tyler Johnson, a guy who can provide some forward depth, a guy who's won a couple of Stanley Cups and just always plays the right way. I think if there's any candidates out there to be moved, he'd be one of them. Uh, other than that, I really don't see many players getting moved and frankly I'm okay with it because of how much activity has happened since even the NHL draft two years ago the Kevin Korchinski Frank Nazar Sam Renzel draft because Kyle Davidson has been very active moving around a lot of pieces 
and all for the effort of creating a lot of draft capital over the next couple of years. I mean, remember, the Hawks have two first-round picks for this upcoming draft and then two first-round picks for the following draft. I mean, I haven't even gotten into... Okay, they've got three second-round picks for this upcoming draft. They've got two second-round picks for next year's draft. So all of those moves earlier were to acquire a lot of draft capital. Now, I know Kyle Davidson has stated in the past as well that he is really adamant about spreading the wealth of that draft capital, not getting too loaded in just one year. But for the short term, and by the short term, I mean the next three years, he has set this organization up pretty well. Now, that, that's not, you can't just stamp an A on that. You got to draft well, you got to develop well, and you got to coach well. So that, that part has been done. Acquiring the draft capital, catching some luck in the lottery, uh, starting a rebuild, that part has been very successful. The next stages are a lot more difficult, but they're a lot more crucial, and they're going to tell the tale of whether this whole thing was successful or not. Alex Vlasic chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks defenseman who scored in the first period tonight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we uh, we battled back pretty well there. They're obviously one of the better teams in the league, and um, to kind of get that second and third goal, it's good for us. I mean, we've been struggling to even put up one sometimes. So, um, yeah, like you said, step in the right direction for sure. Just got to, you know, execute there, and, and over time, I think I kind of uh, take a little bit of the blame on, on myself for that last goal there. But, um, yeah, I mean, three really skilled players coming down on a three-on-two. It's, it's tough to make those uh, decisions. When it's hard to score without Connor, do you try to chip in more offensively like you did on your first one tonight? Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I've been trying to work on my shot quite a bit this year. I feel like I've gotten quite a few uh, chances uh, that I haven't been able to capitalize on, and that's kind of an area in the second half here that I'm trying to uh, get a little bit better at and contribute, like you said, offensively. You guys were down 3-1, and I think you reeled off like nine or ten straight shots it seemed like it might have been a done deal, but you brought yourself back for a point. Yeah, it's nice to see. I think uh, we got to kind of find a way to, to play like that um, right from the start, and no matter what the score is, I think when we when we get down a couple goals, you know, we take a few more risks, and sometimes those pay off, and we play a little bit more on our toes, and that's what we got to do the whole game, in my opinion. I think that's the first time you've scored with the extra attacker with the goalie pulled at the end, too. Is that you know, some proof of concept there, finally? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know how many six-on-fives we've had. I can't really seem to get it done. And um, Yeah, just simple plays like that. I think we got to keep uh, just putting pucks in the net. Dickey had a great tip in, in front with a great uh, net front presence. And uh, a lot of teams, when you watch them play, they kind of do that, that same thing as uh, just funneling pucks to the net. And, um, yeah, we were you know, fortunate enough to, to come back and, and keep the extra point going. Is it tough in a game like that to live the learning curve of knowing when to push and knowing when to kind of hold back as a defenseman with so many young defensemen in the lineup here? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you got to know who you're dealing with on the other team as well. You know, you got those top two lines over there, Panarin and Zibanejad. They um, got some of the, the most poise, I think, in the league. Uh, Fox as well on, on one of their goals. Just um, They're not necessarily moving their feet, but they're just going to wait you off and kind of wait for you to make the first mistake. And, um, yeah, it's cool to, to be able to play against them and, and learn from your mistakes, like you said, against uh, some of the better players, the smarter players in the league. Alex Vlasic scored his second goal of the season tonight. It was the first Hawks goal, but they do lose to the New York Rangers 4-3 in overtime tonight. Uh, He was talking about the Hawks pulling the goaltender of Peter Mrazek in the third and then tying the game up and said how encouraging and surprising it was because uh, this from the Ben Pope at the Chicago Sun-Times on Twitter, that was the first time this year that the Blackhawks 
tied up the game after pulling the goalie. So again, great to see this team getting rewarded for sticking to their game plan and uh, making it work, too, finding the back of the net, unfortunately just falling short in overtime. And also, keep an eye out for Alex Vlasic and Seth Jones shooting the puck more. We've heard that now from both those guys over this past week as this season kind of progresses into more of the second half. It's almost like the final third of the year. But uh, those two guys on the same pairing have now both mentioned that they're kind of transitioning more to a shoot-first mentality. So keep an eye on number 4 and 72 to shoot the puck a little bit more. We're going to take another break, but we're going to hear from Philip Kurishev on the other end of it. We also got to hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson, and chime in. 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Rangers 4-3 in overtime. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Bruins penalty kill has been good this year. Ninth in the NHL, but struggling in the last little bit. They get a chance, though, and score! Short-handed, Brad Marchand! As the puck was dumped in, Demko out of the goal. Cleared it to the corner, right to Charlie Coyle, who fed in front for Marchand. That is our next game preview, sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Brendan Batchelor. Uh, Vancouver Canucks Radio. The Canucks coming to the United Center on Tuesday night. They still are one of the top dogs in the NHL. 34-12-5 last we saw, and yes, that is still the case. They've got the best goal differential in the NHL at 56 points, and they have just as many points as the Boston Bruins and a better, uh, I should say, more wins. So they are at the top of the NHL standings overall. At 73 points, again, they are in town on Tuesday night. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're wrapping things up after a 4-3 loss to the New York Rangers in overtime. Head coach Luke Richardson chatted with the media. Let's hear from him. You know, I think our guys, uh, you know, we're one step closer to our result uh, that we want. But I think uh, the resiliency is a great word because... Um, you know that describes our group that's a pretty talented group that we were playing against and we wanted to play our game plan I think for the most part we stuck to it uh, and I think that's uh, consistent consistency was really good for us in the third period and and obviously we 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 played desperate and pulled the goalie and had a had a goal but uh, I think you know I mean the guys it's just their work ethic Uh, we've been kind of on this for uh, you know maybe over a month now that I've, I've been very happy with the work ethic, and we haven't got the results uh, most nights, but I think uh, we're, we're inching closer every time. Um, you know, I mean, the last couple of games have been one goal games, and tonight we finally got it pushed it to overtime, and hopefully that'll give us a little confidence to push us uh, over the edge the next game. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm also part of NABJ. I go to Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, and my question is. What do you think the team needs to work on so that the strong momentum that we saw at the beginning and end of the game just seems throughout the whole game? Yeah, I think um, you know our five-on-five five play was pretty good tonight. Uh, we had one D zone uh, goal against in the first period that uh, you know I think we can be a little better at. But uh, uh, our power, our special teams are something that we're really trying to work on as of late. Uh, our penalty killing was excellent tonight against a really top-ranked power play. Uh, our power play, I know we only had two. And we're still a work in progress, but I, I think we can be better. Really quick, back to the text line, the 608 area code that was texting in earlier. I asked to elaborate on uh, seeing more from the team, and they replied with, there doesn't seem to be much team chemistry. Maybe some Mike Keenan tough love is what's needed. Uh, listen, I, I'm not here to say that the Hawks are a free-flowing team right now. There's clearly some struggles. There's clearly some setbacks. They're missing a handful of players. I think that's the biggest factor. I don't know if tough love 
immediately equals more team chemistry? Maybe it would. I don't think there's a way to tell that, to determine that. But I will say I am a fan of Luke Richardson's approach so far in a year and a half, a little bit more, um, as head coach of the Blackhawks. And I, I don't think we can determine what and what not will create more team chemistry until we get a roster to observe that can put up a better fighting chance against some of these top teams in the NHL. That's going to do it for the Blackhawks postgame show tonight. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to Colin McCarthy, Sammy Martino, Captain Brett Jackson back at the WGN Radio Studios here at the United Center. Our reporter was Jack Heinrich. Our Hall of Fame engineer was Paul Zarang. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call from the UC. I'm Joe Brand. For everyone that I mentioned, Hawks fall to the Rangers 4-3. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you on Tuesday when the Hawks host the Vancouver Canucks. Before that, though, they are hosting, or rather, we'll have Blackhawks Live Monday night here on 720 WGN. Have a great Super Bowl weekend, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.